good afternoon. <laughs> oh, I'm not even sure what to say, right? I mean, I got some stuff up here, but I really don't know if it's necessary anymore. And yet, I'm going to do it anyways. And the reason I'm going to do it anyways is because I want to, Pastor said to me uh, about a month ago, darn near one month ago, get text, hey, I want you to say something. I want you to speak. I said, all right. Going to be out of town, I said, but can I do it this today, June 6th? This was a month ago. Yep, okay. I'm like, that's, that's great because I've got a lot of thoughts on my head. And I'm thinking of all this stuff going on, right, and the change that's going to have to happen, right? Everybody's just losing their mind. And I say, oh, change. That's an easy, that's, man, that's, this is a home run. And I said to myself, you know, he asked me to speak, and I thought, that's easy. This is going to be, this was an easy one. This is an easy one a month ago. And it was only an easy one a month ago is because I was ignorant of everything that just, just came up. I wasn't exactly ignorant of it. I just really hadn't considered it. Because we were consumed with, the, with that season. That is kind of drawn to an end. We were consumed. Everything, right? And... Uh, I listened to, uh, listened to, the, to music, right? I listened to all kinds of music, all kinds of music, right? And I'm listening to Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, 1960s. F fabulous, right? Absolutely powerful, powerful, man, with some good songs, right? Hey, Cupid, pull back, draw back your bow. Love it, great stuff. And then I get this song, and it just comes on Spotify, no big deal. And the song is, a change is going to come. Now, this is not the same upbeat song that I had just been listening to, but it made me think. Now, this was a month ago, mind you. It made me think, oh, change is going to come. This is a, this is a mournful song. Okay? Now we fast forward to two weeks ago. And I've been kind of working on this, and what I thought was going to be easy was not going to, was changing, right? And, and it wasn't that my opinion changed about speaking, but my perspective on the change that a month ago was put on my heart, put in my mind, whatever you want to say. It was my perspective on what needed to be changed. The changes that I was seeing coming from talking to so many people about relationships, in families, people stuck together with families for so long, right? Those relationships where some were good, some were better, some were strained. You know, we, gotta, we have to look at this, right? And that was the change that I was thinking was actually what I was going to speak about. And then two weeks ago, that changed. The change changed. The, the perspective on what was changed. And then when I started to take a look at the song that was stuck in my head, you don't even know. And I went to look at what was this, what was he, I got to go look at the lyrics again. I had to look at the lyrics again, and then I looked up what was the song about. Sam Cooke wrote this song in 1964. When? And this is going to floor, it blew me away. Pastor and I talked about it on, this week. 1964, Sam Cooke and his band, who was at the top of the charts in many things, 
tried to get a hotel in Louisiana, and he was turned away because it was a whites-only hotel. And Sam wrote this song, A Change Is Gonna Come, in response to that and in support of Civil Rights Movement. Civil Rights Movement, 1964, 56 years ago, Sam was turned away, wrote a song about it. Do you realize, technically in the pop charts, Sam's song never went that far. However, in 2007, it was inducted into the Library of Congress as being a meaningful song that was supportive of the times, okay? So keep that in mind. George Floyd was stone cold murdered, okay? I'm not, I'm not gonna get political. I'm not gonna pick sides, okay? I'm not gonna do that, I, I don't want to. Because it's not, the, it's not the point. The point is a man was killed by nothing more than the color of his skin. Okay? Sam wrote a song about it, not, not to diminish the, song, the time of the song, but here we are 56 years later, and we ain't moved. We haven't moved. Right? Instead of wearing a hood and lynching somebody, an individual under the auspice of a badge, killed a man slowly for the world to see. That's heartbreaking. And it's not heartbreaking because <laughs> I have a black friend. I have many black friends. It is heartbreaking not because of a political position or of any other thing other than simple mankind. A man was killed. Period. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if he passed the $20 bill. I don't care. I, it was wrong. Plain and simple. It was wrong. And there have been so many incidences of wrong happening. Just wrong. I don't... It, 56 years later, the dogs, the water hoses... Right? All of those things 56 years ago, they really ain't gone nowhere. And I don't, I don't profess or even pretend to have the answers. Because the answer to me is too simple. It's too simple for it to be going on for hundreds of years, right? It's too simple. To judge a man by the color of his skin this is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. And yet I know people who do. I think we all do, probably, one way or another. I do. I can say it's wrong. And I can say it loudly it's wrong. And that is the bare minimum that we can do as a human. It's the bare minimum we can do. And I, you know, we, sometimes in the spin, right, we see protesters, 
We see looters and we see rioting in some places or some outlets or some, however you want to put it, I, I don't matter to me. They lump them together. And they lump them together in the same way that other organizations or other you know, groups want to lump all police are crooked or are killers. And that's not true. Okay? I know of police officers also who stand I mean, beyond reproach and more honorable. And I, and, I, and, I, and I would pray that the people would not associate rioting and looting with protesting because you're putting it into, no, first of all, you're explaining it away. You're not addressing the protest or the meat of the protest because you're getting caught up with a busted window, a burning... I'm not diminishing those. Those are crimes. And so is killing a man. It is a crime. And so... I saw, I saw a tweet. A guy by the name of Josh Peck. I'll give him credit. I don't even know who he is. But he said, with all those thoughts and prayers over the years, it's amazing the world is going so poorly. And I thought, wow. Right? We have a natural disaster. We say our thoughts and prayers are with you. You have a loss. Well, my thoughts and my prayers are with you. Something bad happens. Our thoughts and our prayers are with you. A lunatic kills people. Our thoughts and prayers are, are with those families. Are they? Are they really? Really? I mean, I'm just, just, just saying, right? We always hear it. But what about whenever your life is simply in jeopardy and you, and you can't even live? Thoughts and prayers with that? I don't know. You know, because uh, either way, I'll be honest. If, I, if, if I'm going to be honest, if I'm going to be honest, I think it's a convenient lie. I think our thoughts and our prayers is a lie. And, I, and I'll tell you why I think it's a lie, because I'm on, I don't want to just, I'm not going to say that everybody is a lie, because that would be generalization. I'm not trying to do that, but what I am trying to say is that when we say our thoughts and our prayers are with you, that it is a lie, because it, first of all, it sounds good. I'm supposed to say this. You've experienced a tragedy. You've experienced a loss. I should say something to you. I don't know what, so I'm going to say my thoughts and my prayers are with you, Kimberly. It sounds, it sounds good. It sounds righteous. Prayers, well, that's good. Prayer has to equal righteousness, I believe, right? Sounds holy. Oh, he's praying. That's nice. Sounds caring. Sounds loving. But I, I think it's a lie because if, if your prayers are not backed up by action, how effective are they? At no point... At no point have I found something in here that says, all you got to do is say it and it'll be good without having some work that needs to be put in. Right? So just saying it isn't going to get it done. And, it, you know, it takes more than a thought and a prayer to make a wrong right. It takes more than a thought and a prayer to actually bring justice. It's, I'm sorry. And when you have atrocities that we're having, excuse me, when you have atrocities that have been going on for as long as they have, that is a wrong 
that will take much more than a thought and a prayer. I'm sorry, it will. If it was that simple, don't you think it would have been taken care of sometime so far? Unless, of course, once again, like I said, the prayers aren't really that effective. Because they're coming from people, not us. I pray. Not coming from people who are effectively praying. And what makes an effective prayer? That's another message, but that's not this one. Okay? Because you want to know what's actually funny about effective prayer? It's actually a catch-22. It's hard. I talked to Pat Magley yesterday morning. He calls me. He's on day 33 of a fast. Do you realize that between breakfast and lunch, I am uncomfortable? He is on a fast for 33 days. I don't even know when you're stopping. I don't, I'm like, I don't know. But you know what he's doing? He's fasting and he's praying. And that is a man with an effective prayer. Okay? And, it, and I've said this before and I'll say it again and it is not to sound righteous, but I really don't pray for myself too much. I don't. I pray for everybody else. I pray for my children. I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for you. I pray for friends. I pray for people who say, hey, can you pray for this person? I don't even know the person, but I will pray and because I know God knows them. And you know what also, and Pastor and I have had this conversation also before. The other part about prayer for other people is that it is a, the word I'm going to use is not right, but I think it is burden. Because I have to care about them. I don't have enough time in the day to care about my own junk, but yet I got to make time to care about somebody else. So our thoughts and our prayers, please, please. First of all, you don't care because you don't know them. Second of all, you have no real desire to know them. Thirdly, I got too much on my own plate, but I'm going to throw this out. I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, Maria, could you please? Uh, Ecclesiastes. Four, nine, please. Do it better than one because they have a good return for the labor. Do you realize George Floyd died by himself? There weren't two. There was nobody there. Can you please go to 10, first 10, please? If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. This ain't me, this is Solomon. <clears throat> who are we helping up? Now I'm always talking for myself. Who am I helping up? I got to ask myself that. I have to ask myself, when somebody falls, first of all, do I have a relationship that the person would know I will help them up? Right? That's number one. Number two, they also have to know that I'm going to look to them to help me up when I, not if, when I fall. Okay? Because you, oh my goodness. 
Now, I'm not going to go through all of the translations, right? But the word that they used, pity. Do you understand? I'm going to help you. The definition of pity is the feeling of sorrow. Okay. And compassion. It's not just one. It's the feeling of sorrow and compassion caused by the suffering and misfortunes of others. It's a cause for regret and disappointment. And that says, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. But the other point of that is, somebody needs to be there to help them up. Who are we going to help up? Who are we going to? I don't know. I don't know who. Y'all are going to help up. I don't know who I'm going to help up. But I, I can really say that I will let people know. And I let everybody know. I, you can call me. Everything from bail money to let's go sit under a tree and chat. All right, we, we do that. Because I, I can't let somebody else fall. Because remember, our thoughts and our prayers. Our thoughts and our prayers. The only way that that can be effective is if I, A, know that you got some struggles, B, care enough about your thoughts, your, your, your struggles. Okay? <clears throat> Number 11, please. Also, two lie down together. They will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? You know how cold that world is. I'm sorry. It might be a hot summer day, but if you don't have anybody, and if you don't think that's true, talk to somebody who doesn't have a family or doesn't have anybody who they feel loves them during this last three months and ask them how cold the world was. We got stuck into our houses. Now, here's the great part about being stuck in my house. I had TV. I had internet, I had more food than I knew what to do with. Good heavens to Betsy, we ate our stockpile of snacks. I don't understand why my children thought we needed all of the food that I felt forced to eat. Because you know how cold the world is? It ain't got nothing to do with the temperature. I guarantee you Solomon is not necessarily saying, in a cold night, it's nice to have a snuggle buddy. No, what he is saying is, that world is cold. And if you don't have anybody... Or if you preclude having somebody based on something as superficial as a skin color. Whoa, that cold world. And my fear, my, my worry is that cold world creeps in through a church window or through a church door. And that's, that's I'm, I'm fearful of that. Fearful of that. And number 12, please, Maria. The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When you try to face something alone, and to say the deck is stacked against you is an understatement, and you can see time and time and time again, one's overpowered. Because they ain't got nobody. And when you don't have anybody and evil is left to run rampant through the streets, I don't care to whom or from whom or by whom. But there's a lot of people right now that you're seeing around the world who are saying, nah, we can't let this happen. We can't let this happen. Yes, civil rights, 
100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 400 years. Sam wrote the song. Now people are actually saying this. Around the world, to what Pastor said, our generation, my generation, most of y'all's generation, has failed miserably. I'm sorry. The proof is in the pudding. I, I, I apologize for failure. And <clears throat> so here's my, my question is, when are we going to be the second to the one? When are we going to be the second to the one? Because you're going to find a situation where you need somebody to be your second. When the cold world makes you feel alone, you're going to need somebody. When are we going to step up? When are we going to make a change? When are we going to return to God? Now, how do I put this? We are in June. 2020 has been madness. It's been madness, right? It's, it's been crazy. We had the corona. We had the COVID. We had the pandemic. We had the shutdown. We had the economy. We had the jobs. We had the toilet paper. Yeah. We've had all of this. And we're only halfway. <laughs> we're only halfway. I don't even know what the second half is going to be like. Right? But at the same time, maybe, maybe we can actually do a little something to better the odds that the second half is a dang bit better than the first half where we can actually make the change, make the influence. Now you think it to yourself, oh man, I don't even know about this whole change thing. This is, you know, right? When we were separated from the friends, what's funny is that in the quarantine, right, we were separated from friends, but man, we were locked down with family. I'm just saying, right? I'm just saying we were separated from our friends and locked in with my family. My family's nuts. I've watched them. Not saying I sat on high and watched the madness, but I'm telling you, watch, I've watched one or two people descend into insanity. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there. Right? So, like, so we, we started off with the corona, now we moved into the full-blown worldwide protests. First, the world dealt with pandemic. There wasn't a country that wasn't touched. Now we've moved into the worldwide protests. <laughs> What's next? Oh, my goodness. What is ne- What's the next half of the year going to be for the world? I don't know. But what have we learned, right? I you know, say school canceled. I would say school was in. But I was telling you it was a little bit higher education. Okay? School was canceled for the kids. You're right. But school was in for the adults, or it should have been. It should have been. So, okay, so what have we forgotten? Because if we learn something, chances are we forgot something, too. My question is, what have we forgotten? And I hope that we forget the right things. I hope that we forget the right things. Remember the right things and move forward. Because um, you remember 
those fantastic spring break plans that you had? Oh, that's right, they didn't happen. Oh, uh, remember when you were going to get that haircut? Yeah, no, that didn't happen either, right? Because your plans, <laughs> man, oh man, they don't matter. At no point did anybody say, you know, Sam, um, anything you got going on? No, because things happened. Everything went into a global change of plans. Everything, right? So your plans don't matter. In the grand scheme of things, you ain't got no control, so plans don't matter. And they can be overturned in a heartbeat, right? So had we learned that what we knew can be changed, right? So if you had a mindset, that can be changed. The world changed because of an illness, because of this corona. Things changed, right? Social distancing, masks, all of this stuff, airlines, vacation, restaurants, everything. Things changed, so it can change. Things can change. It takes something large. Things don't change easily, not at this scale. And now we've got this racism, this global movement against civil rights infringements. That sounds so sad. A civil rights infringement. My goodness gracious. That's so diminishing. Racism. Racism. Just, oh. Sam's song. Sam, oh man, I'm telling you what, you've got to do this song. The chorus. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. Oh, yes, it will. He wrote that 56 years ago. I wonder when it's going to come. And that's just my life. I won't even talk about the first couple hundred years. Maria, can you please go to Amos? Because you want to talk about changing? I got, I got something for you changing. I gave you empty stomachs in every city and a lack of bread in every town. Yet, you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Remember, this isn't Chris. Okay. I gave you lack. I took away what you had. I gave you physical discomfort. And you didn't pay attention. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Can you please go to verse 7? I also withheld rain from you when the harvest was still three months away. I sent rain on one town, but withheld it from another. One field had rain, another had none, and dried up. So once again, you know that plan you had? I shot that down three months before it was even ready. I shot that down. Better yet, I gave somebody something and I didn't give you something. Right? So I gave you emotional disorder that you're looking, if you were a farmer looking at your crops and you're thinking to yourself, I haven't had rain and I know I need to have rain at this time so I can have a harvest. And I don't have the rain. That's emotional discomfort. I am discouraged. Now remember, earlier, I had some physical discomfort and I had a lack. 
Now I actually have emotional discomfort. My hope disappears. It begins to disappear because what I know is supposed to be there for my livelihood isn't there. It's not going to come. Where's my hope? Is my hope in the rain? Is my hope in the crops? Or is my hope in the one who sent the rain? Okay, what we know is coming doesn't always come. Even though I knew it was. They knew it was going to rain. They're farmers. I knew what we were going to do until we didn't, until we couldn't. So we start to question what we believe in because what I believe in necessarily wasn't actually right because it stopped. Maria, can you please? People staggered from town to town for water, but did not get enough to drink. Oh, man, there's that, that chorus again. Yet you have not returned to me. If, you've not, if nothing else, this is the third strike. We should be out, but we should be very thankful to God that he does not love like we do. We've got to be thankful. You ever want to, you don't know what to say in a prayer? Just say, thank you, God, for loving me. Because I wouldn't love me. And not only would I not love me, I wouldn't love anybody else who did me wrong. I wouldn't. I can't. That would be against my human nature. Oh, shoot, that's human nature after the fall, but that's another story, too. Loss of a direction. You're just staggering. You don't even know where you're trying to go, but you know you're missing something. You are staggering. You can't even walk upright. Like a man, you, you are staggering like a drunkard looking, looking for water. Hmm. So we got a loss of direction, a loss of purpose. Where do we find our purpose? When it's gone, I don't even know where to go. Because I still don't return to God. Right? And do you realize also, I mean, how many times says Jesus, now remember this is Ecclesiastes, this is old school. How many times did Jesus say, I'm the spring of water. Drink from me and you'll be satisfied. Revelations, I'm going to paraphrase Revelations. In the Revelations he says, let he who is thirsty come Take the costly gift. Oh, shoot, no, wait a second. That's not, it's not a costly gift. It is a free gift. Amen. It is a free gift. Say you can't afford it? I don't know. Seems to me be free. The gift of the water of life. How many people stagger through life? Right? They stagger through life. They don't really necessarily have a direction. They don't have a purpose. Just saying because you still haven't returned to me. Maria, can you please do the next one? Oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you. Oh, shoot. Here we go. Many times I struck your gardens and your vineyards, destroying them with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured your fig and olive trees. Same course. Yet you still have not returned to me. And understand, it doesn't even necessarily say, says the Lord. It is declares the Lord. This isn't... A, if you, there should be an exclamation point. Because you are, when you make a declaration, do you think that the, independent, that the, the document of our, if 
from our talking United States, right, we have the nicely written words of independence. Or do we have the Declaration of Independence? When you declare something, that kicks it up a notch. And this is God saying, I've done these things to you, and you still haven't returned. If I'm the answer, why are you not listening to me? Oh, my goodness. Because he's destroyed what... Back up. Thank you. He struck their gardens and your vineyards. He took away what they had took away. This was their livelihood and it was destroyed. It is what they worked for and it was taken from them. They destroyed. He destroyed their livelihood and yet they did not return. Now please, Maria. Mm. You'd think we would learn. We don't. I sent plagues among you as I did to Egypt. Notice he's referencing saying, do y'all remember what I did when Pharaoh wouldn't let you go? I'm going to remind you because now you're also feeling that. I sent plagues among you as I did to Egypt. I killed their, your young men with the sword along with your captured horses. I filled your nostrils with the stench of the camps. Yet Oh, my goodness. Yet you have not returned to me, says, declares the Lord. Sickness, pain, death, suffering. And we still, he is talking to Israel. I know he's not talking to us. We're good. Right? We're good. Are we? Are we? I'm not saying that we had a, a plague. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that at all. Because he's referencing a plague. Not what we had. Sit at home and gain the Corona 15. No. I killed your men. I stole your belongings. I didn't steal them. I took them from you. Sickness, pain, death, suffering, loss. And yet, we still don't return. You understand, right? We started off with a lack. We started off without purpose. Sickness, physical body. I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You were like a burning stick snatched from the fire, yet you have not returned to me. That is defeat. I overthrew you. What you had is gone. When you thought you were a winner, you're a loser. Sorry, this is defeat, and yet we still don't return. I got to ask a question. How stupid are we? Why would we not? This is God laying down for his people, of which you and I are. Why don't you return? I am trying to motivate you. I have tried to motivate you. When you have a child and you discipline the child for misbehaving, your expectation is that the child returns with a bit of wisdom. And your expectation is that I don't want to have to punish you again. God is doing this for us. 
I have done, I have punished you and you still don't get it. I punished you and you still don't get it. And like I said, though, thank heavens, this is Israel. And this is not me. That's a good thing. That's a good, I'm lucky there, right? Because think about it, right? When church opens up, because I've seen people complaining, and they say, I, you know, we need the churches opened, and I'm not saying we don't. But what do we need the churches open for? What, what, are you, what are you hoping to get out of it? Are you hoping to get out of it because now my Sundays are normal again? I know on Sunday morning I go to church, so I want my church open because I need the normalcy. Or are you saying, I need to return to God. And I need my church because either A, I don't know how. In which case, find yourself a church. Open the church. If you say, B, I need a refresher because without church on Sunday, I wasn't really sure where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to do. Okay? Because you need to return. We need to return. I, like I said, this is not you, this is me. Me and Israel. All this craziness, right? The fact, like I said, I'm even surprised you would receive us. Solomon wrote this a few thousand years ago. We still haven't returned. We still haven't returned. You realize, my goodness, I would not let somebody do me wrong this long and still say, come on back. You robbed from me. You ain't coming back in my house. You robbed from me for thousands of years. Oh, you ain't going to go on my block. You aren't going to my zip code. You're not going to be anywhere near me. But his love is that big. Be thankful. Because remember, we, don't, we go through our days, our weeks, our lives, right? We go through them, whole life. We go through them. A lot of times we go through confused, right? We don't know. What we don't know, we're usually afraid of. Nervous. Don't know what's going to happen now because the world that I had created got really flushed down the toilet, completely changed. So I'm confused, I'm nervous, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And a lot of those are the breeding ground for anger, hatred, judgment. Fear breeds anger. I don't know what it is, therefore I am going to be afraid of it, and now I'm angry at it. I'm angry at myself, I'm angry at the thing, and when you look at a lot of the incidents of racism, and you listen to some of the people who argue in, in, in favor of, it's bred on ignorance. They don't know. Pastor said, talk to somebody. You want to know what life is like? Talk to them. I won't send them to Ingrid. <laughs> talk to somebody. Just, it's, it's so simple. It's just talk. Because if I'm talking to you, 
with the right frame of mind, and that's the catch. There's two catches to talking. You have to be talking with somebody, not to somebody, and you have to be talking to them with an open mind that says, I may not be all-knowing in my world. This is so simple. Open mind and talk with, not at. There's no... I can make it difficult, but I don't know how. The difficult is in the execution. Why do we choose our way anyways? Why, why, why do we have not returned to me? Is it because of the long string of successes? Is it because of how wonderful we have done that we don't need him? Is that what it is, right? We, 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 we choose our way over his. Why? Where do we put our faith, hope, trust, a job? Oh, man, they'll let you go in a heartbeat. As soon as you cost more money than you make, bye. I'm sorry, I'm just saying. Okay, our spouse. I love my wife. I love my wife more than anything. Not more than anything. I love my wife as much as I can love any person. She's got issues. I can't go to her and follow her and say, Roxanne, what should I do? Because, oh, we, we talk and, and we go through the day-to-day things, but it's not going to be able to take the replace of returning to God. I'm sorry. Oh, shoot, though. Oh, man, I tell you what, here's the crazy part. If you got children, when you have children... Here's the rough part. The hardest part about being a parent, in my opinion, is being an example. You have to be an example. And what is the example you're going to give your children? Pastor mentioned it. My my generation failed. But you know something? I had a seven-year-old daughter who, scratch that, seven-year-old granddaughter who told me, told me, in an asking tone, which I appreciate that because she kept it, me in the conversation, she said, the devil must be really happy right now with the burning and the looting and the killing and all of this that's going on. And I said, yeah. I, 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 got, I don't even know what to tell her when she tells me this, right? When, 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 when Julian asks, can I call the police? My grand, Annabelle asked, are the police bad? No, baby, the police are not bad, but there are bad people that are police. Amen. Amen. So, it's not, I'm, we might make little changes. We might make little, little, kick the can just a little bit less far down the road. Just, but it's the next generation. And that goes back to being, I didn't realize, I thought that the hardest part about being a parent was getting up early in the middle of the night, changing diapers and feeding crying babies. I thought the hardest part was taking them to the doctors whenever they got sick. I thought that the hardest part was taking care of them and giving them clothes and food and a roof over their head and those types of things. And then I realized now, now with my granddaughter, that the hardest part 
of being a parent is being a good example because the only way you can be a good example is if you have to look inside yourself and you have to consider yourself, not the way you see yourself through your eyes, but look at yourself through another set of eyes. And when I go to my black friend, pastor, mentor, and I say, I love him. And my granddaughter <laughs> annoys him out of love. Amen. There is no, there is no, there's no gray areas. There is no, and that's the way it should be. She, she sees a love between a white person and a black person. And she's starting from a ground zero that's not influenced, that's not tainted, that's not corrupted, that's not polluted, that's not pol that's cleaner than most other generations have started. And it's evident by the fact that the entire flipping world is saying, what are you doing? Amen. And my only hope is that it doesn't end. It, it can't, because first of all, I will be very sorely disappointed in my granddaughter and my other grandchildren if they let it slide. And the only, way, the only way they will not let it slide is if they do not see a bad example of somebody who lets things slide. I cannot let things slide, and it doesn't matter what it is. We're talking about racism right now, but it might also just be talking about saying grace at the supper table. Let her see that my Bible sits next to my chair. My Bible sits next to my chair. She wakes up in the morning for her entire life. She wakes up in the morning. I am not, I am not saying anything good about myself. But she comes down the stairs, and she looks over the railing. She sees me sitting in my chair with my Bible. TV's not on. No, that's on. She sees me. All I'm saying is that she sees an example. I have failed miserably at many things. But I will not fail at being a good example to my grandchildren. I cannot. There is too much at stake. There's too much at stake. Right? What example do we all provide? Right? Said so you might lose friends, you might lose coworkers, right? Heck, you already lost them anyway because you ain't been to work in three months. So what example do we provide? Do we provide an example that says, holy cow, you got to learn from this discipline and return? Is that, is, that, is that the example we're living, we're given? And you ain't going to be able to give a perfect example. There's only one perfect example. And he's the one you're supposed to return to. Right? How do you respond to injustice? Um, can you please go to the next one? Oh, we changed chapters, but it's kind of, kind of a theme. This is what the Lord said, says to Israel and Chris. Seek me and live. 
please. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. So don't go to your government. Because, first of all, they change. Second of all, they don't change. Okay? Can you please? Next, Maria. <laughs> you got to love an ultimatum. An ultimatum. You know, the other part about being a parent, when you say, or else, do not make me get up, or else. Do not do this, or else. Seek the Lord and live. Simple. Or. Always an or, because you got a choice. Congratulations, you've got a choice. Or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. So you ain't going to stop it. There's the or. Seek the Lord and live. Or you asked for it. Notice it doesn't say, the funny thing is, and I I could be wrong, Pastor, but remember we talked, whenever I mentioned about churches opening up and how everybody wants the church to open up, I have not yet seen any verse where God has been saying, go back to the temple. He doesn't say go back to church. He says, return to me, and the church will follow. Turn to me. The church is going to follow. You know, as this season draws to a close, right? And you've all had a lot of time, let's be honest, you've been watched everything that you could have wanted to. There's not a series that you have not watched. You know some of you have watched Lion King or Tiger King, right? You know you did, some of you. So my question is, what are you going to do now that's actually substance? What are you going to do now when you leave this season? Notice it was also spring, right? It's spring season. I love to find correlations. I love to find those little things. What, what time of good heavens to Betsy? In the spring, what happens? You're right, planting. What'd you plant? What did you plant? Because the next season is the season of growth. Right? Plants get going, they go in the ground. In the springtime, the seeds are sown, and then they grow in the next season. So my question is, as we're starting to wrap up this corona thing, what seeds did you plant now that are going to grow in the next season? Because you know what the next season after that is? That's harvest. And you're going to harvest what you sowed. That's ain't my word. You're going to harvest it, so what did you plant? You had nothing but time on your hands. You had nothing but time on your hands. So what did you plant? Because you also now got to tend it. It is so warm up here. Oh, my goodness. I'm sweating. What are you going to do? I was talking to, when I was talking to Pat yesterday, he had made a comment. He said, you know something? We've, when we fight down here at this level, we're all going to lose. Because we're fighting, we're fighting the world. And we're going to lose. We have to elevate we have to elevate our fight Amen. to the heavens. Amen. We got to return. We got to return. Okay, so um, 
since we were born in sin, right, we don't really have a choice but to change. You're born into it. So therefore, you've got to change that. You've got to come against what it was that you were born into. Amen. You can do it, but we have to change. Right? We have to change. And where do we need to change, right? I'll tell you where we need to change. We need to change our mind. You need to change your mindset. You need to understand that you are, A, not the center of the universe. B, there are others that are also out there. So change your mind. Open up your mind. And you need to change your heart. You need to change your heart. You need to stop worrying about yourself as much and worry about others. Because you know something? If I worry about three, six, nine. If I worry about nine people, and my nine people love me and worry about me, I have nine people worrying about me. Or I worry about myself, and how many is that a grand total of? One. So you ask me, if I had to go into battle with by myself, or would I want an army? I, I would take you. I would take you. I would take you. I would take you. And I want you to know, I would go with you. I would go with you. So we need to change our mindset. We need to change our heart. When you change your mind and your heart, your spirit has no choice. Your spirit has to change. You has to, your spirit will change to a loving, caring return to God. You know, I pray I'm strong enough to make the change. I'll be honest. Change ain't easy. I pray I'm strong enough to make the change. And, and I pray that I plant seeds of righteousness, seeds of justice, seeds of the word of God. And I pray, and this is the part that gets me, I have found, I'm sure not you, but me, I am a much bigger softy at 50 with my granddaughter and my grandsons than I was at 20 with my own children. I was. And you know the only thing that changed? is 30 years of change. 30 years of change. When I, like I said, I, I, I've dropped a ball. My generation, I, 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 don't know, I, I don't know if we can make a big change. But I do know that the, my granddaughter has a better relationship with God than I did at seven. Oh, heaven, yes. I had a fake one, but that's beside the point. I was Baptist. My point is, I pray that my children and my grandchildren can begin to harvest that I sowed today. And I pray that they don't have to harvest what I sowed yesterday. That is not a harvest that needs to come out. That harvest is, there's nothing sustaining. And I pray that Samsung from 56 years ago is more than simply a song. I 
okay? It's time is overdue. It's way overdue. And Sam says in the song, there have been times that I thought I couldn't last for long, but now I think I'm able to carry on. Because you got hope. That hope has been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. Oh, yes, it will. And Pablo Picasso. I'm, I know I'm flipping all over these people, right? Pablo Picasso, and this is when I'm done. He had a quote. His quote was, only put off until tomorrow what you are willing to die having left undone. I mean, he, didn't make, he made some freaky pictures, but I can't. I got to give him that quote. Only put off until tomorrow what you are willing to die, leaving undone. Talk about a change. That's my prayer today and every day. I'm out. <laughs>